Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you're here with me today. My guest is the president of the NWA. He's also the front man for the Smashing Pumpkins. It's Mr. Billy Corgan. The NWA upcoming this weekend has a card called NWA 312. Parts of the weekend's festivities include some signings that will be in conjunction with the Highland Park Community Foundation and will benefit the victims and families of the mass shooting last year on July 4th in Illinois. The NWA, and for that matter, Billy Corgan, always have some interesting things going on. So here we go right now with Billy Corgan. So honored to be joined once again by the president of the NWA, the front man of the Smashing Pumpkins, the one and only Billy Corgan. Billy, so happy you've joined me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's start with what's coming up. As part of NWA 312, you're doing a series of events to benefit the victims of families of the mass shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. Um, what did that mean to you last July 4th? And what, what made you want to rally your businesses, the NWA and Madam Zuzu's around it? Well, my tea house, which is about a block away from the where the shooting happened, um, we were shut down by the FBI for about a week. So, you know, you spent that week sitting at home thinking not only about we live in the community, so gee, do we want to stay? But then you started thinking about, well, how do we become part of the solution? So in making calls, we found there was a local a charity fund, the Highland Park Community Fund, that had been there for 30 years and they set up a special side fund to deal uh, with the victims and their families. And so we did a charity concert last year. But I did a bunch of media in the setup for the concert. And what I said is, you know, I'm more concerned, honestly, with what's going to happen, say, next year when things kind of calm down and everybody goes back to normal. So this is my way of sort of not only putting uh, my money where my mouth is and sort of continuing to support the, the local charity, but also sort of keep the awareness up that there are still people in need. And, uh, and, and for years, I've wanted to bring the NWA back to Chicago. You know, this is the first time I've run a show in my hometown, at least in the area. And so I kind of put the two pieces together and it felt right to me. If you had to describe Highland Park, Illinois, to someone like me who's never been there, what, what kind of personality does that area have? You know, it's a, it's a heavily Jewish community, um, very, uh, you know, high in religious faith and uh, you know, in terms of politics, very on the liberal side. Um, so it's a very open community, a very welcoming community. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's rated very highly as a place to live. It's, you know, it's where a lot of people say would get out of the city to take their uh, kids to a safer community to grow up in. So there's a lot of shock that continues to go on because it gets into that kind of thing of like, that can happen here, it can happen anywhere. Um, but we, we've also seen since this horrible incident, the best of the community has come forward and People have really rallied around. And so, you know, as a part of the community now for almost 20 years, I have a business there in the tea house. I thought it'd be really fun to kind of bring the wrestling uh, company in as well and uh, put some smiles on some people's faces and just you know, kind of get back to life a little bit. Um, I mean, yes, things are back, but sometimes you need stuff that's special to remind people like, hey, we got to keep fighting here. We got to keep working forward. 
it's got to be pretty cool for you to have wrestling, you know, that you're putting on yourself in your, in your hometown, in your home area, too. That's got to be pretty great for you. Well, I grew up watching, you know, basically, you know, variations of the NWA, the AWA, and, of course, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And so to be part of this great tradition, to be in business with someone like David Crockett or Austin Idol or, you know, even uh, Greg Gagne in helping in his, in his new toy launch. You know, there's something really cool about putting all those pieces together where, you know, 50 years ago I was watching uh, wrestling with my great-grandmother who spoke no English. You know, and here we are all these years later, we're putting on a show, um, you know, basically from the same roots that I grew up in with wrestling. It's it's pretty wild, but, um, you know, then you get past that and you just got to get down to the hard work of putting on a great show and, and bringing in everybody from all over the world. You know, we just did the big show in Mexico City with AAA. Um, and then we just announced Pumpkins are doing a tour, World is a Vampire Tour this summer, and NWA will be on most of those dates as well. So a lot of moving pieces right now. I was checking out the one the tour dates in my own area. I noticed Jones Beach on there, so I have to get ahead on that one uh, for August to see if I can uh, make it out to my first Smashing Pumpkins show, which would be exciting. Um, so, like you said, it's been a busy life to be you. You got the tour coming up. You've got NWA three one two. What stands out most to you about this upcoming pay per view? It's got the main event of Tyrus defending the uh, NWA championship against uh, Chris Adonis, formerly Chris Masters. What, what, what kind of stands out to you on the upcoming uh, pay-per-view? You know, I think uh, overall, I think just in the last year, we've finally, finally been able to sort of show people what the modern NWA looks and feels like. We have, the, we have the right roster. We have the right core talent. And then you start looking at where the NWA is really unique in terms of opportunities. So on one hand, you have somebody like Kerry Morton, right? Okay, he's the son of Ricky Morton, who's a Stone Cold legend. But here we see Ricky coming into his own. And I think that's a very exciting thing because, you know, Kerry, uh, sorry, Kerry's getting the opportunity to really show, you know, that he's his own man and he's his own person. And he, But he also, of course, carries forth the great Morton legacy. Um, I look at Camille who's now, what, 650 days into her reign, now really considered a top-tier world-class champion. Um, and then, you know, as a booker, you know, we have somebody in, in, in La Rosa Negra who hasn't always been given those opportunities. She walks through the door. I get impressed with her right away. The first thing she got hurt, she was afraid that we she would never get another opportunity at the NWA. We supported her through the injury. And then when she came back and I saw her get a chance to wrestle at a, at, at a top level, I said, I want to put you in against Camille. And she, she kind of looked around like, are you jo- joking? Because she never had an opportunity like that. So that's where I look at the NWA. It's like, we're figuring out who we are. We're finally clicking at that other level, but we're also a great uh, place for opportunity. And I think we're starting to see a lot of talent come from all over the world because they realize the NWA pr- provides that platform. Yeah. And, that, and that's really what's most important is providing that platform for so many talents to get seen and, and get, you know, in front of a camera, you know, and, and just be able to do their thing. It's kind of fun to me that no matter what direction you take, you seem to get the fans attention for better or for worse. What kind of <laughs> champion do you think Tyrus has been to this point? And, uh, you know, I guess just what do you think of the criticism of him as champion? And, uh, and just, you know, there's lots of opinions out there. Sure. Well, let's let's separate the, the wrestling and the personal, which isn't always easy to do. On the wrestling side, I've been very, very happy and very satisfied. I think he's done everything I've asked him to do, and he's been great to work with. As far as uh, Tyrus as a public person, you know, I knew Tyrus when he was working at TNA and basically standing with his arms crossed behind Matt Hardy and holding, you know, one of the babies, right? I saw when he first started working for Fox, So, and we've stayed in touch through all these years. You know, we have our own relationship. 
you know, like myself, when you're a public person, you know, you say things that, that not everybody agrees with. But look, he's on one of the biggest networks in the world. He knows what he's doing. And so for better or for worse, you know, he writes his own checks that way. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he has never crossed the line to the point where it's been uh, detrimental to the NWA. Now, I know not, not everyone agrees with that opinion, but I think people have this kind of weird sliding scale because there's lots of uh, blame to go around when you look at the professional wrestling landscape of where people look the other way at different things. Most of the heat around Tyrus is political. Uh, and and uh, as a person who's been through some of those things myself, I tend not to pay a lot of attention to that stuff, not because it's not important, but because I think a lot of that stuff is, is it's, there's a lot of energy behind it, which has other agendas. And it's not really down to uh, the individual as much as this like a culture war type of thing. And so uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're a professional wrestling company and we're here to wrestle. And you mentioned, too, you know, having him in the background, having his arms folded on your show. He's out there and he's vocal and he's and he's being able to you know show off his skills in that area, too, which I don't think a lot of people have seen maybe that side of him in a wrestling uh, landscape before, too. But can I say one other thing? You know, what people don't understand is I grew up in a time where wrestling heat was different. This world we live in, you know, it's like it's like fake heat or, you know, a five star matchup, you know, five star matches. To me, Tyrus brings that old school heat that, that, that an Ernie Ladd brought or an Andre the Giant brought. I mean, there's not a lot of guys who can at that size bring that level of heat. And so, look, it's professional wrestling. You know, come and boo, come and hate him, come and wish the next guy, in this case, Chris Adonis, is going to take him out. You know, I mean, that's what that's what wrestling is for. When we try to overly kind of bring life into wrestling, I, I think that's always an uncomfortable thing because uh, you know, you and I can spend an hour talking about where, you know, somebody did this and then people look the other way and they still have a job. At some point, look, you know, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, he's been a model employee for the NWA. And I, I don't have anything else to say other about it other than, you know, he's he's been great to work with. That's great to hear. Um, Chris Adonis is interesting to me, too. The beginning of his career before he was maybe ready for it, he was rushed kind of the main roster in WWE and then he got good while he was there and then he was gone um he, he just seems like a guy who wants to prove to the world that you know this is what he is he's the main event guy and he's he's ready and he's been ready for a long time how, how do you kind of assess him you know that's interesting because i think i fell into the same bias you know i i like chris a lot as as a person but i think on the wrestling side i thought right he's that guy you know you know he's the master lock guy right you know he's kind of a body guy gimmick and over time, you know, he's been, been a tag champion. You know, he's been in some of the highest profile matches in the in the NW history that I've had something to do with. And, you know, behind the scenes, he started saying, you know, I really think you should give me an opportunity here at the top tier. And uh, and it, 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 there was a time where it just didn't line up. And it was nothing against Chris. I just didn't have the right sort of pieces in place to do it. And when it finally lined up, I thought, okay, right. He's proven his point, which is he's doing the best work of his career right at this time. He's really peaking at the right time. And he's a guy that when you look on paper, he matches up really, really well with with Tyrus, you know, and then and, you know, from a selling point of view, you know, I, I love the compelling idea of like, can the master lock be, you know, a six, eight giant? I, I love that, you know, because that's that world that I grew up in. If, if you can't tell that story in sort of one sentence, then what are we doing? Yeah. And what was you mentioned before the world is a vampire uh, festival, the crossover with NWA and triple uh, and A uh, with the music festival. I see you've got similar things coming up in Australia, I think, too, with the NWA involved, the ultimate kind of rock and wrestling. What, what was that vibe like? What did, what, did, what did you think about it? You talking about Mexico? Yeah, uh, it was unbelievable. 
it was unbelievable. You know, I had to fight really hard, even though it was my festival in quotations, right? I had to fight really hard to make sure that the wrestling was going to be properly positioned. And to give you a quick uh, visual, you know, if here's the stage, the ring was between the two stages. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like off in a parking lot somewhere. And but, you know, look, 20,000, it was 30,000 people. Uh, I think when the, the, we did the second wrestling segment, there were 20,000 people at the stage watching a band called Death Having a Great Band. Okay, I'm standing there, and I'm wondering if those 20,000 people, when that band ends, are they going to turn around and come and watch wrestling, or are they going to go off and get a, a you know hot dog or whatever? 20,000 people turned around and went to the ring and surrounded the ring. It was unbelievable. And uh, the smiles on everybody's faces, and it was great because in talking to a lot of the boys after the matches, they were like, what was so cool is we knew we were working for a lot of people who are not wrestling fans. And what a joy it is in that environment on such a beautiful day to have the opportunity to win people over to, to, to show them why we love professional wrestling. And that's one of my biggest arguments about the NWA. And I think where a lot of people in the, in the inner circle of wrestling world don't understand, I'm trying to bring back the NWA, just not bring it back. I, I mean, I've done that. I'm trying to bring it back as, as a mainstream product and the world that I grew up in, you know, everybody from, you know, 10 year old kids to 70 year old grandmas watched wrestling right now in this particular time, overall, not always, but professional wrestling at the highest levels is very much a niche product. And when I talk to a lot of network executives, they sort of bemoan that fact. They can't understand why wrestling overall is not focused on a mainstream audience. So that's what I'm selling. I'm trying to bring back that mainstream wrestling product. I know it's not for everybody, but I don't think anybody can criticize us on a wrestling level. It's just maybe where the product is focused. But what I like to say is that's what we're trying to do. So if you can appreciate that, then you can understand why we're doing what we do. Yeah, I think the music festival thing, too, is just such a unique opportunity to get the NWA and the wrestlers in front of an audience that just it's just expanding, you know, your visibility, you know, even really. It's just, you know, an audience that isn't normally going to maybe consume wrestling might get interested, but from just seeing in that environment. I think it's very difficult for people who love wrestling and really pay attention to wrestling on a daily level to understand that for people who don't, it, it doesn't exist. It's not like it's over here and then they kind of pay attention. It doesn't exist. The wrestling ecosystem goes on without it. And that's a shame because lots goes goes on in professional wrestling that gets missed by the mainstream public. And if you look at the biggest promotions in the world, the NBA, the NFL, uh, you know, the UFC, you can see that they go out of their way at certain times to reach across the aisle like Mm -hmm. WWE does on WrestleMania. To, to bring in that larger audience. And I'm back from the thing of like, why can't we be reaching out to that general audience as much as we can whenever we can? And so to use my platform on the music side to bring in a larger audience, that's that's obviously something I can do. But underneath all that, I, I have a fundamental belief that when people are exposed to what we're doing, the, the reaction by and large is, wow, I really like this. I didn't think I would like this. I really enjoyed that. I would like to go to a show. And that's the business that I want to be in. Yeah, it all ties together. Great, great job on that stuff. It sounds like Thank you. really exciting. Uh, so we're going to move on to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three relatively quick questions and your your responses to them. So the first one came courtesy of a big Smashing Pumpkins fan I know named Nathan King. Um, I'm going to give you three Smashing Pumpkins songs and tell me the first wrestler who comes to mind when I when I give you that song. So Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is such a weird this is a weird game you got here. He he um, wanted to go the other way and give you wrestlers and give you pumpkin that would, songs. That would be easier, honestly. But I'll I'll, I'll try to play the game. Bullet with okay. butterflies. I don't know. AJ Styles comes to mind. Okay. 
as a guy, as a guy who ahead. was really undervalued for, for many, many years and, and sort of fought his way out of the wrestling cage to become a global superstar. And his next one was uh, Zero. Um, gee, well, Vampiro, I think. I think Vampiro would fit that. You know, sort of the guy who doesn't quite fit in, but, but he's still a top guy. And uh, his last one was Rocket. Hmm. Kerry Morton, I think we'll go with. I, I, I think if you would, if I was, if you asked me a question like, who would you pick that that had that can go on to be a legend in your company right now? I would say Kerry. And Nathan is going to be very excited that you answered these questions because he <laughs> plays pumpkin songs all the time on his guitar, and he's the person I might go to Jones Beach with to go see you guys anyway. So, uh, thank you for answering that. So, second question: The Briscoes won the uh, Crockett Cup last year as part of their really huge year in pro wrestling. Any any sleeper teams that you have to keep an eye on uh, for this year in your tag team division for the Crockett Cup? Well, you know, Knox and uh, Trevor Murdoch, Mike Knox, just formed a, a tag team. And when you see those guys walking in the back, you think, I don't know who's going to stop these guys. Now, you know, on, on the downside, they haven't been a team before. But then you look, Trevor, former world, heavy, uh, yeah, former world heavyweight champion, obviously was a tag champion in the WWE. Mike Knox is a guy who's always been undervalued. Um, and you could argue might be doing the best work of his career right now. So that's an, I, think that's an, I think they'd be interesting to watch on a, on a sort of flyer. Yeah, two athletic big men. Uh, well, we always a good uh, formula, um, and I always liked them throughout both of their careers too. Uh, last question: You're you're constantly in a position with the NWA to be looking ahead at the next talents you're providing the platform to. What's the best advice that you can give to a new or a, a veteran talent that might be uh, coming your way? Well, for a new talent, I think you just got to get in front of the company. When I was uh, when I was working in the Indies, and I was working with a lot of talented people. You know, I would sometimes use my connections, whether it was, you know, Pat Kenny, who at the time was working with TNA. Of course, I knew Dixie. You know, sometimes I'd pass people on and I couldn't understand why things didn't stick. Now that I run a professional wrestling company, you just got to get in front of the, the eyes that matter. And so it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of people that are currently working in good spots in the NWA who are on the ring crew. I just needed to see them or I needed to put them in the right spot, even if it was a dark match. So if you're a young talent, you just got to get yourself near a wrestling company, even if it means you go 10 times and, and on that ninth time, they give you a dark match. As far as a veteran talent, what I would say, and I say this to a lot of veteran talent coming to NWA, with me, you have a fresh opportunity. I don't care what's happened before. I don't care, uh, you know, like people are still on Tyrus for being the dancing guy, right? Yeah. I think Tyrus has shown that he was always a top guy. And the reason he got the dancing thing over is because he was a top guy, right? So... But just because you come in with a particular gimmick doesn't mean, or even a rep, doesn't mean anything to me. Everybody comes in from a veteran side with me with a fresh start. Now, there have been veterans that have come in that have proven their rep, and there's been other people who've completely surprised. I wouldn't say Chris Adonis is completely surprised. I always rated him highly, but he's a far better professional wrestler than I could have ever imagined if I just watched the way that he was booked before I'd ever worked with him. And I tell you, too, the people that I know who have wrestled for you, which is mainly the now and the Wrecking Ball Ligurski, they all just have such great things to say about you know all the time they've spent uh, down there in your dressing room, in your ring, and just the opportunities that they've been given. So, uh, you know, I, I love hearing that. And, uh, you know, congratulations to, to you and the, and the NWA on, on, on what you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's a, a very interesting opportunity, right? You pick up a company that's basically dead has this incredible history and we're about five years into that experiment and it's really starting to work now the real hard work begins can we get a bigger tv deal can we go out and really take this up to a, a, another level where people start seeing 
the things that normal people need to see to indicate that you have growth. What I like is that the professional wrestling communities kind of come around to what we're doing. And now the next step is, can we really take it to the people? Well, Billy Corgan, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, all the best to you with the N- NWA 312 in Highland Park and with the big smashy pumpkins tour uh, you know, coming up. And uh, maybe I'll get to see you at Jones Beach uh, in August. All right. I'll see everyone Friday night, April 7th. That's the promoter in me. There Take you care. go. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, my friend. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining me on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I want to thank Billy Corgan for joining me. I also want to thank Mark Kruskal for helping set this up. Check out my Twitter, at Under the Ring, for the latest updates on what's coming up next on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Have a great week, everybody. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.